sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Edge podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you for joining here, me here this morning on the Competitive Edge podcast. We talk about the day that was in the sports world, including our athlete of the day. We then talk about the games coming up today on the slate, what bets we like, and the competitive hedge lay of the day is how we cap things off. Not the busiest day in the sports world yesterday, but still plenty to chat about. And so today's episode is brought to you by Bet99. For all our Canadian listeners, Bet99 offers you a sports welcome offer when you join today using the promo code SHOOTERS. Bet99 will match your deposit 100% up to $600. So head over to Bet99 today to make your bets. Use the bets from today's show. Also, follow us on all of our social media accounts at Pod. That's where you can find our player prop lines, maybe some fan parlays, and we also chat about the games as well over there. So let's start by talking about our athlete of the day and how can it not be Andre Vasilevsky after the way he played yesterday. Uh, he made all but one save in a huge 34 save performance. Must win game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were outshot 10 to 8 in the first, 12 to 7 in the second. But Vasilevsky kept the minute. They're up 1-0, then 2-0, and they win ultimately 4 to 1. Now, three games to go, potentially uh, two on the road if it does go seven. He's got to find a way to win on the road, though, if they're going to have a chance of winning this series. And so shout out to Andre Vasilevsky for his performance. Now, last night's bets, they went all right. I wouldn't say great. Uh, we went 2-1 and one on the fan parlay. Uh, it's Italy, first half money line. We cashed that one versus Hungary. They were up 2 to nothing in the first half. Then we had Padres money line versus the Mets. They won 7 to nothing yesterday with you, Darvish, on the mound. And then the one that let us down, the Seattle Storm versus the Atlanta Dream, over 152.5. It finished 72 to 60. Atlanta put up their second worst scoring output of the young season. And then player props wise, we only had the one win that was with uh, Pae in the uh, Tampa Bay game over half a point line. He finished with three points. So that one cashed easily. Shesterkin over 32 and a half saves missed. Ramirez and Springer both did not get a hit yesterday. So their one and a half bases missed. Quantrill over four and a half Ks missed. And then Thompson got lit up for the Cubs. We had over three and a half Ks there. So not our best player prop day. A uh, couple bad player prop days in a row, but we're going to bounce back today with a great slate of games. But let's talk about the day that was recap, starting with that game four between Tampa Bay and the Rangers. Tampa Bay came in minus 180. The over underline was five and a half in this game. And Tampa Bay wins 4-1. to one. Vasilevsky, as we said, with 34 saves. Pae had a goal and two assists. 
And they just, they didn't, I can't even say they dominated from start to finish, but the game was never really in doubt. You had Maroon scored in the first period to make it one nothing. Kucherov makes it 2 nothing in the second. And then Stamkos pushes it to 3 nothing with Pai adding the empty netter late to win 4-1. to Shesterkin made 27 saves in the loss and Panarin with the lone goal for the Rangers. But Tampa Bay deserved to win the game, but now they have to win the series by winning a road game. As we mentioned at the start, game five will be in New York in a couple days time here. And so we'll see if Tampa Bay, the two-time defending cup champs, can do it. Or are the Rangers, the team that has surprised a lot of people, uh, given they knocked off the Penguins coming from a deficit after the Crosby injury. Then they come back and beat Carolina after being down 3-2. to two. Can they continue to surprise the world and win this series? We had that future bet from a few months ago of plus 1,000 for the Rangers to win the East. And so we'll see if they're able to pull it off for us. Then we'll do our quick MLB rundown from yesterday. It was a loaded day on the diamond. Starting with the Guardians and Rangers, Guardians win 6-3. to three. The Reds beat the Diamondbacks 14-8. to eight. The Marlins beat the Nationals 12-2. to two. The Orioles beat the Cubs 9-3. to three. Sorry, Rob, gave you that Cubs play, and they just did not show up. Tigers beat the Pirates 5-3. to three. Rays beat the Cardinals 4-2 to two in the 10th inning. Braves beat the A's 3-2. to two. Yankees beat the Twins 10-4. to four. The Rangers win the second of their doubleheader 6-3. to three. The Astros beat the Mariners 4-1. to one. The Phillies beat the Brewers 3-2. to two. The White Sox beat the Dodgers 4 to nothing. The Blue Jays beat the Royals 7-0. The Red Sox beat the Angels 6-5 to five in the 10th. The Padres win 7-0. And then the Rockies beat the Giants 5-3. to three. Then WNBA-wise, we had the New York Liberty. They win 88-69 versus the Minnesota Lynx. Wasn't really a close game. And this team literally goes as far as Sabrina Ionescu takes them. We've talked about it before on the show when she was struggling. The Liberty were not in many games. And then they go out and they win by 19. And she led the way. She had 26 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. She truly does put up those Russell Westbrook-type stat lines in this league. And she was 10 of 11 shooting. So super efficient night for her. She had Hanzu added 15 as well and Rebecca Allen with 13. So just a great team output by the Liberty. Kayla McBride had 13 in the loss along with Ariel Powell's with 11 and Sylvia Fowles, the, the head of this franchise with just 10 points and six rebounds. Then we had Seattle won 72 to 60 over Atlanta. Seattle had Jewel Lloyd. She had 26 points in the win and Brianna Stewart with 19. Sue Bird showing her age once again. She's only had five points yesterday. She's maybe on her last legs as far as WNBA basketball goes. Sham Parker had a double-double in the loss for Atlanta. She had 13 and 10, and Christy Wallace added 12 points as well in the loss for the Atlanta Dream. Then we had Nations League action yesterday on the pitch. Germany and England, they drew one-to-one yesterday. Uh, Hoffman had, had a goal in the 50th minute for Germany. Looked like they were going to cruise to victory, but then Harry Kane picks up a penalty kick in the 88th minute, which he converted. Germany deserved the win. They had 63% of the possession yesterday, but unfortunately England draws that late one for uh, the tie. And then Italy versus Hungary. 
Italy was minus 220 yesterday. That's why we went with the first half money line. They win 2-1 to one yesterday. Barella had a goal in the 30th and Pellegrini in the 45th for the Italians. And then Mancini had a 61st minute own goal. So Hungary loses 2-1. to one. They kept it close. They fought. Unfortunately, it was not enough for the Hungarians. Then in other news, Aaron Rodgers says he plans to retire with the Packers. Amazing how his tune has changed. Uh, that'll happen when you get paid as much as he did. But the bigger concern for Green Bay heading into this season is going to be their weapons. Here, WR1, according to your depth chart on ESPN, is Alan Lazard. And then you've got Christian Watt, Watson, the rookie, Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers, and Randall Cobb. I'd be a lot more excited for Lazard and Cobb if this was three or four years ago, but unfortunately they are not what they once were. So we'll see. This isn't a, a tough division for Green Bay this year anyways. Minnesota probably the lone challenger. Lions might see some improvement, and we'll see what Justin Fields brings to the table. But nonetheless, the Packers should win this division even without any true weapons for Aaron Rodgers. The LA Angels, they fired Joe Madden after they lost their 12th straight game. They made it 13 last night after losing 6-5 in the 10th. But this is still a good team. Otani and Trout, they're generational-type talents for uh, this team. They just can't seem to win games recently. It felt like Madden lost the locker room a bit. But they're also still not out of it. They started the season 27-17, and 17, but now sit 27-29. and 29. They're second in the division. They're only one and a half games back in the wild card. So there's still a lot to play for. Is it maybe a preemptive move? Uh, maybe a mistake. We'll have to wait and see who takes over as manager. But uh, the Angels, they should be fighting for a playoff spot if they can turn things around relatively quickly. And then no Tiger Woods for the U.S. Open. To me, this isn't a major loss. And I know that I know the ratings that Tiger brings in, and I'm one of the biggest Tiger fans out there. I just don't like what I've seen from him since he's returned from injury. It was great that he made the cut at the Masters. It was great that he made the cut at the PGA, but he just doesn't have that strength to push it four days quite yet. And the U.S. Open's just a different animal. I think when it comes to Tiger, I could see him winning another Masters. I could see him maybe winning the British in a month after he strengthened his body a little bit. But him limping around, yeah, it's great to see him out there, but... The U.S. Open, he would he would struggle a lot because they're going to have the rough long. I think it's the one major that he can't win at this juncture of his career. He's not accurate enough off the tee. If he gets up into that thick rough, then he's going to have some major problems. And so I'm kind of glad that Tiger's not playing this U.S. Open and that we'll see him at St. Andrews. I think playing the U.S. Open, all that'll do is discourage him heading into the year's final major. And let's face it, this is the one that he wants to win. He wants to win the Open Championship at St. Andrews, where he won in 2000 and 2005. All right, now let's talk about big games on the slate. Uh, we're going to do our Canadian Open preview since it starts Thursday. We want to make sure that we get all of our picks in before the first tee shot on Thursday. And so this Wednesday morning, we're going to bring you our Canadian Open preview, which hasn't been played since 2019 due to COVID. Uh, Rory was the last person who won this event. I actually had Rory in my work pool when he won here at the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. I've had the pleasure of walking that course as well. Uh, I walked a few of these Canadian Open courses, but uh, it hasn't been at this course since 2010. 
That is Royal St. George's in the Toronto area. They like to keep it in the Toronto area. Um, you can tell that just by the fact that it's at Glen Abbey all the time. And if you know anything about courses in Ontario, Glen Abbey is not one of the nicest ones there. It's just the one that can hold the capacity in order to have it there. But Royal St. George's, it's a par 70, just over 7,000 yards. So not a lot of par fives here. You're going to need to hit the ball well. You're going to need to putt well and get up and down from around the greens. Uh, shout out to uh, some local Saskatchewan guys who are out there. I saw them yesterday walking the course that drive the green podcast. Uh, those guys are based out of Moose Job, but uh, they absolutely love the track, think that it looks great. And so let's give you our picks for this week's event, starting with the winner bet that we have. These are both half-unit plays. Really like Rory at plus 900, the defending champ, which is crazy given he hasn't won it in three years. But I just think that once you win an event, then you have a ton of confidence coming back. And so I think he is a great shot at plus 900. And then Sebastian Munoz is a little bit of an outsider at 39 to 1 odds, plus 3,900. I just like him at this event. Top 10, I got to go with Sam Burns, winner a couple weeks ago, playing some great golf. Going to look to fine-tune some things before we head into the U.S. Open. And so Burns at plus 155. And then Tony Finau, plus 250. He was a top 10 play for us a couple years, a couple weeks ago. They cashed. And so we really like that play. Top 20, Jonathan Vegas at plus 210, former winner of this event. And then Keith Mitchell at plus 205. The missed cut ones, really like these two of Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 285 and Tyrrell Hatton at plus 235. I just don't think that they're familiar enough with this course. And so I think that they have a, a good chance of missing the cut. If one of them misses, then we profit from our missed cut plays. Then our head-to-head -head 72 hole ones. Like Finau over Hatton at minus 109, like McElroy over Burns at minus 134. And then I like Jonathan Vegas over Keith Mitchell, both of our top 20 plays. I think Vegas is going to be closer to T12, while Mitchell could finish closer to T18. So rolling with that one at minus 109. And then our head to head for round one Mackenzie Hughes over Cheng Sung at minus 118. Dino over Connors at minus 107, and Fratelli over Taylor at minus 118. Now, let's talk about the NBA Finals Game 3. Boston minus 3.5, and, and 2.12.5 and is the line right now. Game is in Boston. The Celtics need to win this game in order to keep their home court advantage that they now have. Um, they look terrible in Game 2, but I'm expecting a lot more from role players like Horford and Smart. And Boston's defense just needs to be much better. They're giving up a lot of threes, and that's obviously going to happen when you play Golden State, but they've given up a ton. And so if they can limit them to even 12 in a game instead of the 19 that they've been making, then they've got a great shot. On the Golden State side, you just need Clay Thompson to be much better. Yes, they're sitting here at 1-1, but he's 6 of 14 in game one and 4 of 19 in game two. He needs to get things going shooting-wise in order to really help this Golden State team push them over the top and win a championship this year. Then WNBA-wise today, we've got Indiana Fever, who are 3-10, and 10, taking on the Connecticut Sun at 9-3. and three. Haven't seen the lines on this one yet. Assuming the Sun are going to be double-digit favorites here, I think we're going to see close to 13.5, 14.5 type of line here. Uh, and then the Chicago Sky, 7-3, to three, 
seven and three on the year, taking on the Washington Mystics at seven and five. Candace Parker for the Chicago Sky is their leader, taking on Elena Deladon and the Washington Mystics. This is definitely the game to watch on the WNBA side of things tonight. So if it turns into a blowout in the NBA or you just want to watch some better quality basketball, go check out that Sky and Mystics game. And then we've got Nations League today. Belgium, minus 175, taking on Poland, who are plus 480. And then you've got Wales, plus 510, recently qualified for the World Cup. They're at home taking on the Netherlands, who are minus 185. To be honest, with all the draws that we've been seeing in Nations League, wouldn't be a terrible idea to sprinkle some money on both of these games as a draw, just to see if if one of them hits, then you're going to profit. And so I really like the draw lines there. Now let's get into the game lines that we're leaning but waiting on. We're waiting on Golden State and Boston just because of the Otto Porter foot issue and Gary Payton elbow issue. They're both game time decisions. And then on the Boston side, Robert Williams with his knee issue as well. So just going to wait for the final injury report on that one before we bet that game. Then we've got Cincy versus Arizona. Will Arizona finally score a run? They have been brutal the last couple days, getting absolutely blown out. The line today is nine and a half. You got Merrill Kelly going versus Mike Miner. And if the D-backs cannot go and score on Mike Miner and his 11.25 ERA, then I don't know what to say for Diamondbacks fans. So I do think the over is one that I'm leaning but waiting on until later today. And then the Cubs and the Orioles. Cubs are minus 140. You got Stroman going, who's two and five with a 5.32 ERA, taking on John Lyles, who's three and four with a 4.5 ERA. The Cubs were blown out yesterday. I think it's a good bounce back spot for them, but I'm going to wait closer to first pitch to see how I'm feeling with this one. Don't want to get burned back to back days by the Orioles. We've already seen the Pirates do that just last week with the Dodgers. Player prop lines, you can find those on our social media accounts later on today at Pod. All the lines come from our betting sponsor, Bet99, so definitely keep an eye out for those. And then to cap off today's show, we're going to do our competitive lay of the day. This is our daily three-team parlay. No odds worse than minus 150 here. Only looking to put out winners, but also bet responsibly. You can bet these straight up, bet them in the parlay, whichever you decide. But let's get into our parlay. Colorado versus San Fran over 8.5 at minus 110. Antonio Senstala, he's two and three with a 5.4 ERA, taking on Alex Wood, who's three and five with a 4.66 ERA. The teams finished at eight last night, but they were sitting at eight after the seventh inning. Just some bad batting late in that game made them miss. I think tonight we see closer to a 7-5 type scoreline, and so I like the over eight and a half in this game. Boston first half money line. Versus Golden State, or first half minus one and a half, apologies, not money line. The Warriors love to have a big third quarter, but I do think the Celtics are going to get things going early at home. They're going to lead going into the second half at home. I see them leading by a half a dozen. The money line is only minus 155, so that's why we went to minus one and a half at minus 125. Gets you a little additional value and not too worried about the one point here in the first half. As I said, I think Boston, they're going to have a big first quarter. They hold on in the second. Golden State maybe makes a run in the third. And then it's all for the taking in the fourth quarter. And then the Mets money line today versus the Padres at plus 100. You got Chris Bassett, who's 4-3 and three with a 3.74 ERA, 
taking on Sean Manea, who's two and three with a 3.77 ERA. The Padres won seven to nothing last night. I think they lose today. The Mets on the road, but they are plus 100. And so I love the value here. And the Mets are a really good team. So I see them bouncing back. The odds on that play are plus 587. So definitely go ahead and roll with that parlay. As we say every day, you can bet them straight up, bet them in a parlay, whatever you decide. We hope that you cash those plays. As far as an alternate play, this is if we have either of those baseball games that don't go. I really do like the Chicago Sky money line today at minus 106. Uh, Candace Parker, just a big fan of hers, and I think they're the more veteran team, and they come in and pick up a crucial road victory over the Mystics. So that is our alternate play for the day. But we appreciate everyone who tunes into our live show every single day. We will be back tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time to run through the day that was and bets for tomorrow. But we appreciate you all, and we will see you tomorrow for the Daily Competitive Edge podcast.